0: The election, November 3rd, that is less than two weeks away. And a lot on people's minds as they head to the ballot. One race, Sangamon County has to consider. Sangamon County State's Attorney's Office. That's up for election. The only county-wide office that there are choices. And joining us right now is the incumbent, State's Attorney Dan Wright. Uh, this is the WMAY Morning Newsfeed. I'm Greg Bishop and Chris Murphy in the newsroom Dan, thanks for taking time with us this morning. How are you?
1: Good. Good morning, Greg and Chris. Thanks for the opportunity. Good morning, Dan.
0: Absolutely. So um, I wanted to start off with kind of, uh, you know, the uh, general question on what exactly a state's attorney does.
1: The state's attorney is the the chief criminal prosecutor uh, in Sangamon County. Uh, And, you know, I think a lot of folks think of a chief criminal prosecutor in in that kind of a, a geographic area as a district attorney. You see, in you know, a lot of television shows, they, they refer to that, that position as a district attorney. Uh, the position of state's attorney is, is the same as a district attorney that uh, you might hear about in, in other uh, states, and different states have different names for the position, but it's essentially the chief criminal prosecutor the chief um, legal officer of, of the county, and primarily responsible for the enforcement of the Illinois Criminal Code, uh, other state statutes, uh, and, and county ordinances. It's my duty as state's attorney not, not only to obtain convictions, but to generally do justice. And as a state's attorney, I've been committed and will continue to be committed to, to, to fight alongside law enforcement to make sure those people who commit crimes in our community are, are held accountable, but always being mindful that it is absolutely uh, imperative to our society that uh, everyone is treated equally uh, in the eyes of the law based upon the specific circumstances uh, that are that are before the court. Um, put simply, my job is to do everything within my power to keep our community safe uh, continue to stand up for victims and uh, respect the constitutional rights of, of all that are involved in our justice system the uh, state attorney's office also represents other county departments and elected officials in any civil matter relating to the county for example uh, contracts zoning issues uh, and regulatory compliance so the the breadth of the work of our office uh, not only on the criminal side uh, but the civil side that people don't often think about that particularly in uh, You know, in in these times, there's a lot of activity on the civil side with the public health department. Um, And we, of course, always have a constant flow of uh, procurement issues to to, uh, assist other county officials with uh, navigating those contractual issues and regulatory compliance. Um, And and it's also important, I think, to not only uh, the work of the state attorney in the office, but the role really um, is a role that you need to have somebody who is 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 consistently engaged uh, in, in the community, um, you know, just like, you know, I think our county board, the city council, that kind of a, a local official, uh, you know, really it's critical to, to engage with a broad base of community stakeholders to develop those relationships uh, to, to effectively serve the public. And, and I've done that from the beginning with um, various groups throughout the county. And um, that's really been, uh, I think, beneficial not only to, to, to enrich my experience as state's attorney, but also the The ability to serve the public and doing things like um, increasing the diversity of our staff. We've increased diversity in in the office by over 10% this year with the help of uh, groups like the NAACP and the Frontiers Club, uh, the Urban League. Um, So so I'm proud of that progress. But I think that that's another aspect of uh, of service to the community that's not just part of the, the professional service in the state's attorney's office, but uh, but community service.
0: We're talking with state's attorney Dan Wright, November 3rd election coming up. He is the incumbent here with the WMAY Morning News Feed, and we're going to get into that issue you raised about uh, increased activity with the public health department, uh, Dan. And we've talked about this before in the past, but uh, what is the role of the state's attorney, a locally elected official, uh, when it comes to um, state edicts and things that are handed down by uh, the governor's office, uh, for instance, when it comes to like COVID-19, what, what's the role of your office?
1: Well, that's uh, that's been uh, we've seen become kind of a complicated uh, landscape in terms of enforcement and the various um, you know executive orders, uh, emergency rules, local ordinances. Um, so it's 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 a. Uh, it's been an interesting process to, to navigate that and to work with um, you know, local governments uh, in addition to, to the county uh, in trying to, um, you know, to, to, to effectively enforce what we can within the bounds of our jurisdiction um, and, and just fundamentally encourage people to do the right thing um, in the interest of, of, of general public health and safety. But my role as state's attorney is to enforce uh, state law, uh, and county ordinance. and so if it's uh, you know we may be the criminal code or the public health act, uh, those are those are laws that I, as state's attorney, uh, have sworn to enforce, and I have done that, and will continue to do that, as well as county ordinances. So, um, to the extent that there is overlap between, let's say, uh, an executive order from the governor, for example, um, and um, a set of circumstances that would implicate an offense under the criminal code, my role would be to um, review a set of circumstances to determine whether a criminal offense uh, has, has occurred and, and charge that as appropriate if there's evidence to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, or if there's, uh, for example, under the Public Health Act, our public health department has the ability to uh, quarantine an individual, to isolate them, uh, or to close premises based upon a specific um, evidentiary standard of clear and convincing evidence uh, under the Public Health Act. So very fact-specific set of, of restrictions that, don't, that are separate and apart from uh, an executive order, but may have some overlap in terms of a set of circumstances that, that they may apply to. So we also enforce uh, the the same county code of ordinances, which has had some um, um, impact uh, in the, the COVID nineteen pandemic in respect to um, updated standards that our public health department has adopted, with uh, you know in consultation with you know, the expert uh, team of epidemiologists that are uh, part of the advisory group to to our public health department. Um, and the Public Health Department, in fact, issued a number of, of citations for violation of, uh, of, of those requirements and those have, have been processed through the system. And as you know, Greg, the, um, the governor proposed and JCAR uh, approved back in, in August um, a, an emergency rule under the Public Health Act. So it's an emergency rule uh, that is enforceable under the pre existing provisions of statute, the, the, the Public Health Act. So Section 8.1 of the Public Health Act says that it is a Class A misdemeanor if you violate a rule or regulation uh, of the Department of Public Health, the Illinois Department of Public Health. Um, and so those rules, as adopted, uh, have the force of law. And those are currently, um, you know, I won't get down in the weeds on those, but essentially the mask mandate um, and certain capacity requirements, you know, 50 people, I think, uh, in an establishment or 50 percent of the capacity Um and there are some some other requirements. Now, there's a very elaborate set of uh, voluntary compliance procedures that uh, a health department or law enforcement is supposed to undertake before they cite a business with a class A misdemeanor. And there are very specific exceptions um, in that rule that it's not to be enforced against an individual, you know, whether that be. An individual patron or you know a sole proprietor of a business. And
0: Dan, Dan we're, we're running out of time here. Uh, we can get into the the weeds on that uh, some other time. But uh, one other question I do have, and if you could keep this short and concise, one issue that's been brought up at the state house is to give uh, local state's attorneys more power to investigate and possibly get warrants for public corruption cases. Is that something you would support?
1: Well, I, I certainly support. Um, you know. The ability to enforce the law obviously um and i'm going to do that no matter what legislation comes out of the state house um and we review whether it's uh you know official misconduct or uh, you know or a violent crime we review every investigation you know with the same uh level of, of, of diligence um that uh that we would any other and i would certainly do that in respect to any additional um, role that i'm uh, assigned by the by the legislature we States attorneys across the state, you know, we swear to uphold the Constitution and and the laws that are passed by the legislature. Um, And and I certainly look forward to to any um, additional uh, ability to to protect the public um, and um, the efficient administration of the duties of government officials.
0: Sangamon County State's Attorney Dan Wright, the incumbent on the November 3rd ballot. Thank you so much for taking time with us this morning.
1: Of course. Thank you.